Hello and welcome to the Twist My Arm podcast. My name is Josh. I am your forever host and creator of the Twist My Arm podcast. Um, this is a very special episode as it is our first episode back from a hiatus. Um, kind of. I don't know. It's it's weird because we took a hiatus a little bit, but we also revamped this show a lot. Um, there's a lot of new things coming and this is the very first episode of that new process. Um, today, I am joined by my lovely co-host and great friend. His name is Jesse. How's it going? It is going great. How's it going with you? Man, uh, I will tell you, it is going like crazy. There has been a lot happening in my life. I mean, I don't mean to sound selfish. There's been a lot happening in everybody's lives over the last couple months, obviously. Yeah. Uh, recording this in 2020. Yeah. Um, Jesus. But uh, for me personally, uh, we had a big move going um, kind of unexpectedly, but we managed to find a perfect place and get in and we just had a bit of a time crunch. So stress levels were really high and free time was low, but. I mean, we're just blessed to have not been more affected by this than we have been. Um, and that's part of, I think, kind of what pulled me back into this this sphere was, you know, not everybody gets to keep their life mostly normal for this time. Oh, no um, doubt. So if there's anything that I could personally do to just, you know, brighten somebody's day or... or you know, mention something that you hadn't thought of before, or, you know, introduce you to a new song or something. If there's any little thing that I could do, I, I want to do it. And, you know, I was immediately reminded, Oh, my friend, Josh runs a podcast. <laughs> let's, let's hit up Josh and see what's going on. So my life has been crazy just like everyone else's, but on the whole, it hasn't been negatively crazy, so I'm deeply grateful for that, and I'm really happy to be back working with Josh. Yes, I am so excited to have you back, and I i mean, life has definitely been crazy. Um, just this whole podcast has been nuts, uh, getting everything organized the way that we want it, and writing schedules, and doing things the way that we meant to do this years ago. <laughs> you know, making a plan, actually, instead of just kind of going with the flow um and i'm i'm all well, about and, i'm all about that and experience is a great teacher you know you learn the things Absolutely. that don't work and then you can not apply those things and then you learn <laughs> the things that do work and then you can apply those things exactly. so yeah the show has grown and matured over the years but this is theoretically the most grown-up mature version of the show yet <laughs> agreed and it is the one the the version of the show that makes the most sense um we are the twist my arm podcast and we are twisting your arm into something new um if if you would like to be a part of this show um after after you hear this whole episode maybe you'll uh maybe you'll want to get involved a little bit maybe you'll have some sort of quirk that you would like to twist other people's arms into checking out um, if you'd like to do that, you can definitely email us at twistmyarmpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to our website, twistmyarmpodcast.com and write us a little message on our message board. Um, you can also leave us a voicemail at 508-93-TWIST and like us on all of your social media uh, providers. Is that the right thing? Social media outlets, that'd be the right word. Um, today, again, it's a very special episode. It's our first episode back and I would like to 
let Jesse kind of introduce what's going on in this episode. Um, it's kind of our first interview. Um, it's our first twist my arm uh, back to the process interview. And Jesse, how how did this go? Who did you interview? What was it all about? So uh, before I answer your question, <laughs> uh, I will take a, a, a small step back. So <clears throat> I've been, um, like I was saying, you know, everybody's life is crazy right now. So <clears throat> excuse me, I've been looking for uh, new stuff, you know, to kind of distract me uh, from the grim reality that we're all experiencing at the moment. So <laughs> I started listening to a lot of podcasts, you know, like just, just new podcasts that I had never heard before. I just I started looking up, you know, topics that I was interested in, but maybe explained by people that I wouldn't normally listen to, just kind of try and broaden my perspective. Um, so one of the ones that I was listening to, I actually, I feel really bad because I, I don't remember. Oh, no, no, no. It was, it was the 1A, which is a, a show on NPR. It's a, it's a show. The 1A is, you know, the First Amendment and they talk oh, about okay. uh, free speech things and stuff like that. Um, but the interview was with LeVar Burton of Reading Rainbow, obviously, and more importantly, Star Trek. Um, <laughs> but they had asked him, you know, you know, why do you, so basically, if you don't know, LeVar Burton has a thing now called LeVar Burton Reads, and that's what it is. And he just reads fiction to people as like a podcast. Isn't it kind so, of a throwback to reading Rainbow? It is, but it's more for a contemporary audience, right? Okay. So it's not, it's, it's not, not children's books read right. to children. It's, you know, young adult and up read to yeah, young but, adult but and still, up. still, who doesn't love LeVar Burton reading stories? I'm, and right. <laughs> and what a beautiful pursuit, right? For <laughs> yeah. him to go... No, reading is still super important, and I'm going to help people do that. I think that's wonderful. But he had this this quote towards the start of the show that really kind of hit me right in the feels. Um, and he said, it's an open heart that is the only sane response to being human. And the thing that really struck me about that was, you know, it, it just it, it felt serendipitous that I would happen to go, okay, let me just listen to some new stuff from people that I wouldn't normally listen to. And then he would say something like that. It felt, you know, okay, this, this means something I need to have an open heart. And part of, you know, my current journey is being a dad. And one of the things that you learn when you become a parent is that your feelings and your heart are no longer the only thing that matter. And that's always true. You know, obviously that was true before I had a child. It was just harder for me to focus on that. And now that, now that she's here to remind me of that every couple of minutes, um, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh man, I I really got to look at how I perceive reality. I need to be willing to look at things in a different way. And that's not saying I need to change how I, you know, believe things or what I think about certain things. It's just that I need to be willing to listen to other perspectives. So with that in mind, I, <laughs> I contacted Josh and was like, Hey man, like new stuff. Let's be open hearted. Let's try new stuff. And you have a podcast already called twist my arm. Let's, let's make this podcast about trying new stuff. You know, let's, let's bring on people that want to show other people their perspective or their way of moving through life or how they think or, you know, small stuff even too. Like what's the single greatest action movie ever made? Or what do you think is the best pop song in the entire history of music? You know, that kind of stuff, because those are the kinds of things that people 
even if they don't have a lot of, you know, detailed empirical evidence to back that up, they're passionate about it and they believe it and they care about it. Right. And when somebody shares their passion with you, it makes it really easy to, you know, join that passion or in, to want to contribute. Um, so I started thinking, you know, okay, well, how many people do I know that I'd be super interested to hear how they think about the world? And it turns out that it's basically everyone I know. But I have... <laughs> <laughs> I have a very close friend, a former coworker of mine named Travis Birch. And Travis Birch is very um unique person. He he's the way I describe him to people who don't know him, I go, "Oh, you don't know Travis Birch. He's the world's sweetest person." <laughs> um and I I think you'll notice that in the interview, but he's also he's I think that comes from him being super thoughtful. He takes a lot of time to decide what he's going to say before he says it. And he, you know, he speaks very respectfully and clearly to everybody that he meets. And you may have noticed that that's not necessarily a super common trait anymore, at least maybe not in our country, but most um, people don't think before they speak. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's just nice to see the other side of that. So, um, He's one of those people that, you know, as we're all constructing who we are and our personalities, we take little pieces from people that we've met or that we spend time with that we're like, oh, that really, I really dig that about that person. I'm going to try and be more like that. And then you go forward from there and, you know, it's your own version of it, but you remember the inspiration or maybe you don't remember the inspiration, but I guarantee you that it came from somewhere. So I just, I thought about Travis and went, okay, what about him has inspired me? And the answer to that is actually a pretty long answer, but the the gist of it is that he's say, just, inspired just, just me. Just cut it down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> his, his, uh, the short answer is that he inspired me to try to be a better communicator, just to try to be more clear and more intentional with the words that I choose when I'm communicating how I'm feeling. So and it it's amazing those, how like, much, how much that actually resonates in this interview. Um, listening to this interview, he, it's really interesting to see that like, side of a human that like actually thinks about something so logically and so clearly before answering a question. I, I found it very fascinating. Um, a lot of his answers uh, in regards to this interview. So, yeah, I'm glad that that came through. I mean, that was kind of the goal was <clears throat> to go, you know, I've been inspired by this person and I know why, but I want to twist the listener's arms into giving this a shot, you know, listen to how he talks And listen to how he formulates his sentences and listen to the caution in his voice and the care. It's it's not that he's nervous. It's that he's very, very deliberate and intentional. So that would be something I would say, give this a give this a try in your everyday life, because I promise you, I can tell you from personal experience, it really will help. And then there's you know, we cover some other stuff in there, um, some more, you know, less heavy stuff. But the, the other really big one is that Travis Birch does not use video streaming services like at all. From what I understand, he doesn't use really any streaming services except for maybe YouTube. Yeah. And, and YouTube is, I I could forgive anybody for YouTube. It's, I don't really see it as a streaming service. It's like a, it's like a way to look up a a fact visually almost. I, I don't know. But so as I'm talking to Travis, I'm realizing, man, this guy has, such a unique perspective like he's super thoughtful he never streams on netflix or or anything (laughs) and also huge nerd plays tons of video games board games like he's just an enjoyable person and i feel like 
we should celebrate the enjoyable people in our lives, especially now. So that's mostly what this is, is a celebration of my friend Travis and an invitation to try some of the stuff that we talk about. And just so that we're not, you know, making too many demands, I did try one or two of the things that he suggested as well. And you can check about those on our YouTube channel. Yes, indeed. There was a game that uh, was discussed. Um, but let's let's not give away too much here. Um, I would like to get into this interview. It's, it's a very, again, it's a very interesting interview for someone that, for someone like me that has... Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, like for someone that streams the the shit out of everything, <laughs> um, it was a very interesting take on like why you why he doesn't stream. Um, and there, there's actually some kind of compelling arguments of why he doesn't stream. And, and some yeah. of the things make sense, um, which I, I found fascinating. So um, I would like to get into this without further ado. Um, this is the interview with the man who never streams. Travis Birch is a close friend and former coworker of mine that I first met as a customer when I worked at a convenience store. As we got to know each other over the years, we realized that we shared a lot of the same interests, gaming, science, English humor, a complicated relationship with musical theater. And so naturally, we would trade stories from those interests and make comparisons and analogies and so on, you know, like any normal friendship. But I started to notice that something was a little bit off about Mr. Birch, and I, I couldn't really place my finger on it, but it was definitely there, and it was just a little bit unsettling. It wasn't world-shattering, whatever it was, but it was real, and it was elusive. There were these gaps in Travis's popular cultural knowledge that I was just having some trouble reconciling. He's, he's around my age, so yeah, there should be some variance, sure. But it felt like some of these things were almost unnatural to be unaware of. At least, I tried to reason it away at first, okay? Maybe Travis just has way more specific tastes than I thought. Maybe some of the pop culture that I thought was ubiquitous was actually super specific to only a small group of nerds. I just, I just couldn't understand what I was failing to consider. I could understand if maybe growing up, Travis's parents wouldn't allow him to see R-rated movies. And so, you know, he hadn't seen Predator before he was an adult. And then maybe by then he just wanted different things from a movie than what Arnold has to offer. Maybe. So some time passed. My wife and I had just rewatched season two of Stranger Things at the end of our paternity leave so that we could get ready for the new season. So when I got back to work, the new season was maybe a month away. So once everyone at work got sick of me talking about the new baby, you know, they would ask what else we did. So Stranger Things would come up. Now, Travis knew Stranger Things, thankfully. So. I assumed that my earlier suspicions had been nothing but the paranoid machinations of a mind obsessed with trivia. But as the workplace talked, I realized that Travis knew of Stranger Things, but, but he wasn't caught up. Are you going to binge season two in time for season three? I asked, as though 
that might be a perfectly normal thing to expect from someone, not realizing that that's actually a little bit weird to casually suggest somebody watch 10 hours of television all at once. But his, his response, it wasn't even no. It was, it was wishy-washy. Like, he knew that I wanted him to say yes, but there was something keeping him from saying yes. What, what, what could it be? Was it, was it personal taste? Was it, was he worried that I would feel deflated if he didn't like the thing that I liked? Wait a minute. Wait. What, what if, what if Travis doesn't have Netflix? Well, it turns out that not only does he not have Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus or HBO Max or Prime Video or Apple TV or Roku or Sling, but he doesn't even really want to borrow somebody's account for free to watch, say, The Mandalorian, even though he loves classic Star Wars and it would literally be free for him. Travis Birch. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, uh, I'm sorry I don't have a one solid definitive explanation for it. I think I've just kind of naturally, not necessarily, I guess in some respects I've avoided uh, streaming services. They just haven't attracted me for the most part, even though it's a common modern medium for accessing uh television pop culture and I actually don't know what all else since I don't have a whole lot of exposure to it but I guess one theory I have is uh, I tend to have what I've referred to as I guess Luddite or Luditicious which I don't think is an actual word um, what do you mean by that uh, having opposition to uh, modern technology in general uh, without delving into the, I guess, complete meaning of uh, Luddites. A person can research that on their own if they're interested. But uh, a lot of the time I don't feel it's necessarily me being antagonistic, but just being used to a particular custom. And um, some people are able to adapt to change incredibly well, and other people like things the way they are. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to be a, hopefully not a xenophobic um, older individual, but uh, I'm probably going to be a cranky old man that's disgusted with right. all the modern change. And you know, it's, from the other, for the generation above us, it was unreasonable, but because things are moving so much more uh, quick in um, modern culture, it's reasonable when I'm being cranky anyway. Um, <laughs> Now, one of my theories as to why it hasn't really been my custom is I don't often possess a need uh, to have streaming services, I suppose. Uh, Do you mean that you there's never something where you're like, I wish I could watch that thing right now that you don't already have access to? Correct. Okay. Um, and I don't. I think for people that already have access to streaming services, there might be a sense of what did I do before I had this? Right. But since my last exposure to, I guess, any kind of television was, I guess, the same kind of television access that we had access to in the 80s, right. where it's a thing shows up when it happens to show up. If I wanted to watch The Simpsons, I'd have to be awake at, was it 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night to be able to watch the two episodes and then 
wait for the next day for it to come on. So I, I don't have that modern standard, so I don't know what I'm missing out on. Uh, I'm sure I would love it if I actually participated in it, but I haven't, so I'm not yearning for a thing that I haven't been exposed to. Right, you're not, um, it's not a thing that, you've, that you have had, so you don't feel like you're missing it. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think I'm going to make reference to the movie Mafia for a moment, because uh, I feel like it's relevant. But at one point in time, there's a character trying to sell the Godfather and Mafia cocaine. And uh, the Godfather in this setting kind of says, you know, I don't understand the purpose of drugs. You can't put them in cereal. And I don't know where else he goes with it, but he just doesn't seem to get... A part of what makes it funny is he doesn't understand what the value is in drugs, even though obviously in that category there's a lot of money to be made. So, Um, and it's probably a pretty apt analogy right like you know because it's easy to get addicted to binging i mean even the word binging is you know from addictive language you know so it's easy to get addicted to being able to see whatever you want all the time or you know i want to watch a full season of something right now that you're right that's not it's not that it's not normal it's just that it's it wasn't normal when we were growing up that makes sense yeah i think a lot of it's yeah just associated with the the habits that i had as a kid i also tend to have um, I guess certain fears of, uh, I think I refer to it as uh, experimental modernity. Mm-hmm. I, like back before I played Minecraft, uh, I remember one of my friends talking about how I think someone had hacked into Minecraft and a whole bunch of accounts had been compromised. And at that point in time, I didn't really do anything. I wasn't doing a whole lot with online gaming at the time. And I remembered having this reaction of, well, you know, I'm glad that I'm never going to be playing Minecraft or being involved in online gaming because, you know, that's what you get for having that kind of exposure. Okay. So you're thinking um, terrible, devastating problem is the norm for online gaming. Absolutely. Gotcha. Um, I guess with, I guess it's not necessarily experimental uh, modernity, but when People get wrapped up into an idea that's new. There are also going to be new problems associated with it. And I'd utilize this back in school. I had a friend that was very, you know, tended to be a very aggressive person. And he would say things that I wanted to say and do things that I wanted to do, but I would feel kind of cautious about it. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of circumstances, I would get to see the consequences play out because I saw him do the thing first. Right. And then I'd be like, okay, that's how you get beat up. So note to self, don't do that. Yeah, it kind of reaffirms your decision to maybe stay on the sidelines of a given argument or you know, not bring your opinion up depending on who's around. That makes sense. And then you know, other situations, to be fair to the guy, where he would do a thing and in my opinion, it wouldn't just be that he looked like a hero. I, you know, he was a hero to me for doing the thing and saying the thing and it worked out well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though it's cruel on a certain level, he was kind of my guinea pig right. in a lot of settings. I didn't make him do the things, but... So if he were still around, you would you would make him get every streaming service and, and go, okay, how much does it cost? And how addicted to it are you? And Kind of. Gotcha. Uh, that habit has kind of stayed with me. Right. Where I'm, I'm, I love people that have a pioneer's kind of attitude right. uh, with new ideas, because if everyone was, was like me, then no one would do anything. Um, and even though I don't consider myself to be a pioneer, uh, I still have a lot of appreciation for people that are willing to do those things before me and then be like, no, it's fine, Travis. And uh, so can, I, 
ask you a question then about um, going back to like your 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 slow adoption of new technology and things like that. Um, anybody that knows you knows that you're a person who writes a lot uh, physically, pen to paper, um, which I'm saying out loud because you know a lot of people don't do that anymore. It's if, if you want to write something down, you get your phone out and you you write a note in your notes app or you send yourself a, a quick email or you text somebody or you know maybe even you take a quick video and send it um, putting pen to paper isn't necessarily something that a lot of people do as a way to keep track of their thoughts anymore or you know as a way to help them work through their feelings about their day and stuff like that do you think that having that physical object there is something that adds weight or meaning to a concept for you like so for example with your words Having them physically in a book gives them a little more weight and meaning. I mean, physically gives them weight, but it all it, you know gives you more emotional weight to it because you can hold on to the thing. And you know, if you have a movie that you love, you can buy that on. <clears throat> excuse me. If you have a movie that you love, you can buy that on DVD, and you can physically hold it, and you know I have access to it whenever I want. Whereas if you're streaming, it's sort of you know, even if the thing that you like is on there, it's not yours. It's out there in the ether and it's accessible, but you've no ownership over it. And if Netflix decided, you know, okay, we're not going to carry this anymore, then you don't get to watch it on Netflix anymore. So do you think that that's sort of carried over in your personality between your, your tendency to have things physically written down and your tendency to prefer to own the media that you're viewing? I'd say 100%. I was getting upset just listening to you talk about the notion of uh, having access to a thing, loving it, and then it's suddenly being taken away. Yeah. Uh, I think on a certain level, there's a an additional sense of realism potentially to that, as far as a lot of things in life being very fleeting, um, a lack of guarantees, but I do tend to ha take comfort in having a physical copy of a thing, even though that could also be taken away. Um, I think it, you know, it's feeling more concrete. There are I think uh, other reasons why I like to be able to write things down um, outside of just, uh, I guess, you know, it having more weight and being able to actually see my handwriting, even though it's messy. Um, at least with writing, I think a portion of it is I don't have to have any paranoia about everyone in the world having access to what I write down in a notebook. Right. Um, just make sure I'm. Yeah, like a physical notebook with paper and such. Yeah. Whereas had you been posting all of your thoughts on Facebook, everybody would have access to it and would probably misinterpret it. And plus, you know, now you're out there in front of everybody. And I don't do well in that kind of a setting. Uh, when was the last, just, when was the last time you updated your Facebook? I don't remember. <laughs> would you say it was before 2015? Probably I may have made one adjustment on it, but I've probably only done something with Facebook maybe a total of five or six times. Um, That's impressive. I, I'm not. I, I'm not laughing because I think you know. I'm not laughing to make fun of you. I'm laughing because it's like, you know. And here he is. He's still alive. Totally fine. Normal human being. Facebook is not necessary apparently for existence, huh? We're just a hasn't really been a part of my custom as since you bring up Facebook. Uh, I think I actually just recently watched a YouTube video about this kind of a concept really? um, that put it in a negative light, not as it relates to Facebook specifically, uh, but it was a TED talk making reference to what uh, the speaker called the Super Mario effect. And 
I guess in summary, um, he talks about how one of the things he liked about Super Mario is that you wouldn't, um, when you'd fall into a pit, you wouldn't just go, well, I lost, so I'm going to shut the game off. And you would push past it and you'd go, okay, I just need to you know, put a little bit more energy into my jumps. Right. And how you know, he enjoyed the thrill uh, that him and his friends had when they were kids as far as trying to, you know, like discussing what levels they got to, how they got to them, and kind of going, you know, yeah, I can't get past this you know, huge jump. How do you even do that? Oh, well, you have to do a sprint across those gaps and then do a big jump at the end, uh, whatever it happens to be, and not focusing on your failures right. and seeing them as an opportunity that leads to success. I don't do that. Um, <laughs> so that's why you know the effect so well, because every time you should, you're like, here are the steps that I'm not going to take. And I, mean, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I think a part of the focus was a lot of people take that approach to uh, games, but in life, people are so afraid of failure that they're not willing to try in a lot of right. settings. And uh, I think there's a, I agree with that. I think uh, that, you know, if you're not willing to try, then even though you're not guaranteed to succeed if you try, you're guaranteed to not succeed if you don't try, basically. Right. Um, but it's scary. Uh, and it is, it is scary. I mean, that's uh, that's really what life is, right? That's the human condition is fears, identifying them, allaying them, moving past them, or you know, letting them become part of who you are and moving on from there anyway. Um, I did notice that you said that you'd watched a TED talk on YouTube, so that sort of messes with my premise that you don't stream anything. Would you say that YouTube is in this gray area where it's like, it's not really a streaming service, it's sort of just visual Google. Like, I need I, to know what a thing is, I want to see a video of it, not... Or hear someone talk about it as opposed to read yeah. it, good for being at work at it. I, I'm sorry to create the illusion that I... And betraying your premise, I will, <laughs> even though I do utilize uh, YouTube quite a bit, I was opposed to YouTube for quite a long period of time. Right. Um, I think it was the reason why I brought up the Super Mario effect, where back before Facebook, uh, back in ancient times, uh, I don't know how many people would be familiar with uh, Live Journal and the alternate version called Dead Journal. Because <laughs> I think. I think those were before MySpace as well. Yeah. I think they were the earliest forms that I'd been exposed to. Uh, I'd gotten into, I think, Live Journal and uh, Dead Journal a little bit. Uh, I got into Dead Journal because it was like the the Goths version of Live Journal. Right. It was the same concept. But uh, my fiance at the time uh, really enjoyed using Dead Journal, and I enjoyed journaling, so it seemed to jive really well. And uh, Without delving into the entire sob story, um, she had been pulling a bunch of stuff behind my back, mm. had been bragging about it on Dead Journal, oh, good. and the way I found out about it was by reading uh, a lot of her entries on her Dead Journal, and it ended up blowing up into this whole bizarre interaction where she ended up um, accusing me of uh, invading her privacy mm -hmm. because I had the audacity to read her journal. Is kind of how she framed it, even though it was like you, if it's supposed to be private, putting it in the one place where anyone in the world can read it right. is kind of on you. You put it on the internet and, and then left it public. Yeah, it's not like I pulled up the mattress in your room and, you know, sought out your journal and picked the lock and then opened yeah. it up and then read it kind of a thing. Um, and there were just a lot of things in that interaction, you know, not that it was 
uh, Dedrill's fault that she did the things that she did. Right. But, but I mean, if you're young the, enough and if you're in, having an emotional enough time about it, you're going to put blame somewhere. Uh, absolutely. And it was, and I think a lot of it was just how convoluted things ended up becoming related to this is on you for bragging about the stuff that you're doing right. to me. It's not an invasion of privacy thing. Don't try and turn it around. It's this is an already a problem, but she's focusing on. No, no, you like you you like you said you lifted up my mattress and you went and found my journal, when that's not what happened at all. Yeah, things got convoluted very quickly, and I think it left a bad taste in my mouth as it relates to a lot of that kind of uh, social media, and Facebook and things like that. Because I was like, I'm I'm sure it's just going to get worse from here. From what I've heard, it has as far as you know convoluted arguments, and I've enjoyed reading um, you know comments that people have had on you know. Reddit or under YouTube videos where they're arguing back and forth and I find some of it obnoxious some of it I find compelling and I don't think I would ever actually want to jump into one of those conversations right um, but where was it going with that but yeah a lot of things like that just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth and I didn't you know in the aftermath I didn't go you know, I'm not going to do anything on social media ever again that'll show the world it was just why bother if this is a yeah. common result that I'm not Interested? I'm not a thing I'm seeking. I'm not actively seeking to hurt myself by being vulnerable. Absolutely. I think the, I think one of the last things that I actually posted on Facebook, uh, however many years ago, was I was in the middle of trying to write a song. I was actually really proud of the uh, first chunk of lyrics, so I tossed them on my Facebook, and then I had a concerned call from my dad the next day about. I don't recall if he knew that it was something that I had written or not, but um, he had been deeply disgusted. Sounds like the people in my family were disgusted. And uh, he was like, you know, you got to take that down as soon as possible. And if you can't take it down, then uh, I can see in part why he was concerned. But it was, I was like, you know, this is my soul that you're pissing in, Dad. Right. And, you know, I don't care, son, you're freaking out the family and it's your job to keep your damn mouth shut and only express things that are like 100% happy and can't be interpreted as negative or emotional or anything of that nature. And like, well, then what's the point of Facebook if I'm not <laughs> allowed to do anything genuinely expressive? Yeah, you and every high school cheerleader feels exactly the same way about Facebook. Ouch. Um, <laughs> I like the notion of people being able to uh, have free expression, but if right. all I'm allowed to express is a smile and a wink, right. And it's just another opportunity to be expressing yourself in a superficial way. Exactly. Then yeah, I'm not interested. I can do that in, you know, daily interactions with, uh, you know, people at various stores and things like that. And in real life. Yeah. <laughs> like face to face. Uh, but yeah, as far as social media goes, I think that had left kind of a bad taste in my mouth. And I suspect with a lot of the different mediums, um, there have been similar things uh, and also just to make sure I'm making mention of it. It wasn't until um, a few years ago when someone about uh, 10 years younger than myself, uh, they didn't really tease me into doing it, but I've only actually had a smartphone for a few years because um, I kind of resisted that as well because I already had, I had a digital camera, I had a computer to have internet access, and I had you know, gaming consoles and things like that. So I didn't really feel the need to acquire a smartphone. Like a first generation iPod as well that you had very recently acquired. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, as long as the things that I have are good enough, I'm comfortable with them. But I'll admit now that I have a smartphone, 
I I don't know how I didn't have one before. Convenient. It relates to uh, what you had mentioned about I guess riding a little bit. One of the things that uh, I do miss about my old flip phone is because I think sometimes it's a lot of small things. I like having physical buttons and not having to worry about the sensitivity associated with touch screens and things of that nature. You can feel the buttons click. Absolutely. Kind of has a sense of confirmation where there's, it's even though it's just a little bit more effort that goes into actually pressing those buttons, there is something satisfying to me about I'm putting forth a little bit of effort to press this button down and then seeing something pop up on the screen. Like I, I guess I enjoy putting forth effort and seeing a result. And if I get results without having to put forth an effort, that doesn't make me feel good it makes me feel like garbage makes sense yeah i can see that like a an unearned reward absolutely i see what you mean um before we move on to the next topic is there anything else you'd like to cover about your resistance to streaming which i've got to say makes more and more sense as you explain it and i you know i don't want you to ever feel indicted or anything i just think it's an interesting way of looking at the world when these things are available yeah, and I, even if you were like, you realize that that's pathetic, right? But like, yeah, and then nothing would change. Uh, only other things that I uh, was going to mention about it is, uh, yeah, I think I talked about being nervous about get, being wrapped up in experimental um, modernity, as I described it. Um, even though this is a semantics issue, because uh, a lot of the times, uh, as it relates to modernity, I imagine. And you'll see where I'm going with this before too long, but uh, a river of people that are like cheering or like they're kayaking basically, enjoying modernity right. and having this irrational sense of me seeing a waterfall mm -hmm. and seeing all these people plummet off the side <laughs> and going, well, I'm not going to get in that river because there's a waterfall. I get that you're having fun now, but in like 20 seconds, right. uh, there's going to be a free fall resulting in death in the aftermath. Um, and I think it even being called streaming service already carries that right. kind of, yeah. it's a thing that you're going to get sucked into. You may as well. Absolutely. Just go with the flow. And I don't go with the flow very well. <laughs> so I think it, yeah, even just uh, the term streaming service makes me nervous. Uh, That's a good rhyme. There you have it, folks. Travis Birch, the rhyming rock who will not be moved by the stream. That's, I mean, that's beautiful, like man. It. That was beautiful. The streaming service makes me nervous. Is there anything else you'd like to throw on at the end of that? The last thing that I was going to bring up is just I do, uh, I guess I have been kind of a hand-me-down child, uh, being the youngest in my immediate family. And in general, uh, I guess there have been a lot of circumstances where I didn't have to be uh, at the forefront of new things uh, due to being the recipient of like I, anyone that knows me knows that I tend to wear a lot of suit jackets and things of that nature. Uh, that was all, I think most of those were things that were just kind of handed to me from my father. Uh, was nothing that I was into initially, but it was you know, all the clothes that I had had were hand-me-downs. Um, and same kind of thing with most of the technologies that I've had. Uh, I think you had mentioned my, uh, you know, the iPod that I had acquired a couple of years ago was something that uh, one of my friends had given me because they were upgrading, so a lot of things that I've been exposed to has been, has been because someone else has decided to upgrade, and so they've, I didn't take it this way, but they've basically given me a thing instead of throwing it away, right. and that's how I get exposed to new slash old ideas that are new to me. You could, you could say they graciously offer you a hand into 
the current generation of whatever thing it is. I'm always behind, but it's right where I feel comfortable. <laughs> and you and you have good friends that will support you, and they're okay with you being behind. That's that's a beautiful thing. And I I could not survive if I didn't have those kinds of people. So I I do appreciate that anyone that's listening and happens to be in that role, including the uh, including you, Jesse. So. Oh, much Hey everyone, Josh here, just interrupting the interview with a quick infomercial. Hope you're all enjoying this episode of the Twist Marm Podcast. I know I am. I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a preview and look into this week's upcoming live movement episode. What's movement, you ask? Well, we're a pop culture-based podcast bringing you news, reviews, and suggestions for all things movies, video games, music, and TV. Next week, we're going to be talking all about the DC Fandome event that recently happened. Uh, Lots of DC things. Batman, Wonder Woman, Justice League, all that good stuff. Going to be a lot of fun. We're also going to break down some of the TV shows we've been watching and let you know if the new Tony Hawk remake is worth a run. We're going to be going live on Facebook at about 7.30pm on Wednesday evening. Be sure to jump on in and hang out with us as we dive into the latest movement news. Thanks again for listening to the Twist Arm Podcast. And now back to The Man Who Never Streams, featuring Jesse and Travis. Enjoy, friends. Wonderful. Please let me know if at any point you'd like to take a break or change the subject. One thing that I have admired about you since I first met you is the way that you communicate verbally. I was working in customer service at the time and you were a regular at my store. I worked the overnight shift, so I had fewer regular customers and more people just, you know, passing through town or, you know, looking to steal something. Uh, But you were a regular though, so eventually uh, I learned what you smoked and I tried to estimate about how often so that I would know when to put a pack of Camel Crush on the counter as you would step up to the register with your burrito. And um, I I had reminded you enough times that it was actually cheaper to buy two bottles of Mountain Dew at a time that you started bringing two to the counter either to shut me up or because it actually costs less. To me all those things sound like really basic customer service duties but you always made sure that I knew you appreciated that effort. When you're working a night shift at a place that's designed for convenience, a majority of customers fail to even muster, you know, a thank you or, hey, you too, when you say, have a good one on the way out the door. But not Travis Birch. You always lent more thought and response to my comments than almost any customer I ever had. And it was deep, it was a deeply meaningful light in a not always so well-lit environment. You always finished your greetings and goodbyes with the word sir. You always gave me a quick rundown of your plans for the evening, even if they weren't much, before you would ask if I had plans to look forward to, or if you said, how's it going? And I said anything other than something positive and you would make eye contact and you would say, I'm sorry that you're dealing with that. Is there anything I can do to help you? And usually I just needed somebody to vent to. Um, and you know, I thank you forever for that because (laughs) you were definitely there for that but there were times that I actually needed help and you delivered 
like I'll never forget the time that I was just absolutely on the verge of disaster needing to go to the restroom, but I had customers milling about the store and you walked in with this light shining down on you and a chorus on the air behind you. I don't even remember how I asked you, <laughs> but you agreed to stand in front of my register with your items. And if anyone had asked, you could just tell him, you know, yeah, I don't know where the clerk is. I'm just waiting on him. Um, that way, I don't have to worry about anybody trying to reach over the counter. Nobody's going to assume that I'm not in the store. You know, there's probably still people that stole something, but that's not on you and it's not on me. I had to be in the bathroom, but that's the point. I was in the bathroom and I had 100% uninterrupted, guilt-free, worry-free bathroom time that I so desperately required. I cannot stress enough that this was a moment of true need and you asked zero questions and honorably took your post despite having no obligation to do so. And I'm not proud of this part, but it is true. I asked you this favor more than once due to me having a pretty gnarly pre-fatherhood diet. So from my perspective as an overnight clerk with bad digestion, I had discovered a perfect customer. You hold a conversation down as well as the fort in an emergency. Do you, do you remember that? A little bit, yes. <laughs> so after a year or maybe two of this mutually beneficial customer service relationship, you mentioned that your workplace had an opening and we eventually ended up working together. So in working with you, I found that your verbal habits were not reserved for customer service agents who fulfilled their job duties and eventually became your friend, but that you spoke carefully and clearly and with respect to everyone you spoke to. I think that speaking with care and clear intent is something that not enough people do. And so I have tried to incorporate some of the ways of speaking that I've heard you use into my tool belt. Uh, my wife can vouch that your way of using language has helped me to be a better communicator. And that has what led to some of the questions that I have for you today. Should we get started? Absolutely. So my first question is just, you know, straight across, would you say that you make a conscious effort to choose your words carefully every time you speak? Or is it should be a simple question, but I, I tend to be kind of an intuitive person, so I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things that's kind of the custom, I, I suppose so. Uh, it might just be a thing that happens very quickly. Mm -hmm. So, Do you think that that's a result of maybe a situation where your words were disastrously misinterpreted? I believe so. I don't have any exact examples to cite, but my, uh, as from what I recall in general, uh, I was a very free speaker as a child. And uh, I remember getting into a lot of different you know, arguments with my parents because I was too comfortable just speaking my mind freely. And uh, I think I was tired of a lot of the conflicts that I was encountering. Right. And so to correct it, I either had to just avoid talking altogether, but unfortunately, uh, oftentimes in life, you're required to speak. <laughs> so uh, I think I just prefer to make sure that my intentions come across because there are a lot of different w ways to misinterpret a person. Right. And typically only one or two right ways to interpret a person or at least uh, 
trying to get the meaning out of what they're saying. The meaning that they intend for you to get. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. You're an exceptional translator, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so would you say that you found that the method that you would communicate with now is pretty beneficial? I hope so. Uh, one of my, I've heard one of my heroes say that uh, we tend to learn about ourselves empirically, so I hope that it uh, helps others out. I'm not entirely sure in a lot of settings if what I, what I intend to say is what comes across for other people. Um, since all I have to go off of is their general reactions, and you know, it depends on the person. I think uh, there are a lot of instances where you've paraphrased um, what I've said, and it's it sounds like it jives uh, really well most of the time, but that's not an interaction that I have with a lot of people, um, where they just kind of take what I've said and they run with it, and I don't know if they really heard me or not. Um, not that there's necessarily a problem with the way they're doing things, but it just leaves me with a general sense of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Going back to our interactions, like when I was you know, working behind a counter and you were a customer, um, I guess there's really no other way to ask this, but like, why are you so nice to people in customer service? So, I think one big portion of that is uh, I have subsisted on the kindness of others uh, in a lot of circumstances. Mm -hmm. So I try to respond accordingly, or I'll try to think, you know, if I was in this person's position, what's the worst thing that, you know, someone could say to me right now, what's the worst way that they could treat me? I have no idea if that person is having an awesome day, if they're having a terrible day. I think one of the, terrors I guess that I've tried to imagine before is you know if I just you know found out that morning that my father had died or something like that but I still have to go to work that day and I've got a lot of emotional weight you know and just being in that headspace of you know I, I, I can't have one of these negative reactions now I'm afraid I'm gonna snap or something like that that sucks because the other person doesn't know that that's the headspace that I'm in and it would still potentially put me in a position where I could get fired or I could do something that I regret and so I prefer to not put other people in that position um, and you know because I don't know what all their day entails and the only things that I can see are things that make me angry mm-hmm. um, I think one of the common phrases that I've used with people in different settings is I hate your job uh, aka I'm grateful that I don't have that gig and I appreciate people that do things that I don't want to do right. like I'll take you know, I've never done uh, custodial work, and I'm sure it's not fun. Um, I'm very grateful to people that do that job, so I like to try to be courteous towards them to make... I'd, I'd rather be the least terrible part of their day right. than uh, the most terrible part of their day, and I think in a lot of uh, circumstances, even if someone is you know, in a position where they're uh, serving you, I want people to be excited to interact with me. I think there's an increased likely, or I guess a decreased likelihood rather, that uh, people will be volatile towards me if they're actually excited to do something to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you've taken the, the small thing that some people notice in a customer service interaction, which is this person has to put up with anything that I throw at them and instead of doing what a lot of people do, which is, so I'm gonna throw whatever I feel like at them, 
you go, so I'm going to attempt to throw almost nothing at them, which, uh, having spent a lot of time in customer service, I can tell you is deeply admirable trait to have that not enough people have. <laughs> um, so if I can ask, and I, I feel like I probably know the answer to this question. I feel like anybody listening up to this point probably knows the answer to this question. Um, do you enjoy reading? I do. Is there a book that you're reading now? There is. Would you like to share? I'd say I'm probably going to refrain from the most part. I'll express uh, tidbits about it. Um, part of the reason why I would like to refrain is that um, it is a book that explores, um, I guess, different kind of uh, belief systems and things of that nature. Okay. And uh, certain aspects of the book are uh, critical. I, I do have an interest in um, study of belief, I suppose, and why we believe what we believe. I can't remember if that's epistemology or... Sounds right to me, because uh, I don't know either. <laughs> I'm surprised by that. <laughs> I'll uh, look it up. I'll know before the podcast is over. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's what my focus is, but I yeah, don't want the conversation to be too focused on right. um, uh, what my beliefs are or the kinds of thoughts that I uh, feel critical towards, but uh, that's what I'm currently reading. Would you say that you read, I mean, and this could be a guess, obviously, but would you say that you read more than most of the people that you know? Deeply uncertain. <laughs> that's that's uh, totally fair. Just I, I try to not be presumptuous about those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, there's a previous coworker that I'd been kind of taken aback by uh, at one point in time because he had talked about how there was a book that he was reading and I didn't feel any kind of a reaction on my part right. um, as far as, wow, you know how to read? Or, <laughs> uh, or I guess the, you know, the opposite, like, you know, yes, of course you read. Right. But uh, this person ended up becoming very defensive from Go. And we're like, and basically they had the reaction of, you know, yeah, I read. I read at least, you know, two books a year. It's not a big deal. Calm yeah. down. And I was like, I, I, I had, I'm well, just, I, you're reacting to what you assumed I would right. come at you with as opposed to the way I've actually uh, responded to you. And yeah, I only asked because I, I have helped you move at least one time and you have a lot of books and I, that, I that's the thing that I admire as well. I, I think not enough people read uh, myself included, you know, I would like to indict myself on that. I'd like to read more. One of those things where, you know, whatever you want to find, whatever you want to find time for, you'll find time for. But maybe I just, I'm not looking for that right now. Anyways, um, is there an author or someone whose way of communicating or speaking or their writing um, that you feel inspired by or somebody whose verbal strategies you've tried to incorporate into your own conversations? Steven Pinker. Steven Pinker. Is that just straight number one, that's the only one, or is that just the, the main one? I'm sure that there are a lot of others that I've you know felt inspired by, right. uh, but uh, yeah, I may have forgotten their their names where I'll have a, you know, a moment and a, a spark where I'm like, okay, I need to start doing this this way, but I unfortunately forget who to give credit to in those instances because I'll adopt that strategy as best as I can and then move forward because uh, I don't like... I mean, even though there are um, some authors 
Um, whether it, I guess whether it's books or YouTube videos where I'll feel inspired by an individual and I want to take something uh, you know, from them to help make my life better. Um, in a lot of instances, I don't like the notion of getting too wrapped up in a single individual. Right. Um, I'd like to be able to expose myself to you know, other thinkers and other speakers and be able to learn from a multitude of people. So, I believe that you lent me a Steven Pinker book. I will confess I haven't read it yet. My, uh, as you know, my schedule is hectic sometimes. I do really want to read it. Uh, I was intrigued by what I read on the back of it. Um, how do you feel about puns? Um, I don't think I actually hate puns. I I like having the uh, vitriolic reaction to them because right. a lot of the time I think uh, in some settings that's I consider that to be an acceptable reaction to a pun. Uh, I try to have my reactions be I like them to be comedically vitriolic right. and doing the the eye rolls and the disgust because I think there's something satisfying about that after someone's delivered a pun. Um, that's your way of and, telling them it landed. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> And uh, I actually did watch a, a handful of videos and uh, read about people's reactions to puns and what it implies about a person and um, where a lot of the times, you know, puns are put in a category where they're considered very base, which I still think they have the potential to be, but there's also this kind of quick cleverness associated with them, um, which I, I definitely support. Um, the uh, Occam's razor of wordplay, yeah. right? Like, if, yeah. it, if it's that easy, just do it. <laughs> and... Uh, and I think there are varying degrees of quality of pun. Mm -hmm. um, I've also heard a lot of people not seem to understand how puns work, um, and those I don't tend to find quite as funny, right. where uh, some people seem to mistake puns for being just how you emphasize a word or how you emphasize a word. Right. Get it? It's like, I, no, there's, <laughs> there's nothing to get there. Um, and, uh, but, yeah, I've actually... I feel like I'm blessed to have a uh, plethora of friends that execute puns phenomenally well. And I, I think a part of the reason why I have a disgusted reaction as well is not a lot of those puns, especially considering um, how frequently I've heard them between uh, you and uh, my previous roommates, mm -hmm. um, since uh, both parties seem to carry kind of a, a very pun-focused, uh, maybe not pun-focused, but a, a punful culture. Uh, pun not loving. was that? Pun loving. And mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. So that's about how I react to a lot of puns. <laughs> but um, uh, they won't make me laugh out loud. But I will still find them to be clever. And instead of just saying I found that clever, I like to have the gotcha. negative reaction to kind of establish I caught the pun. It was indeed clever. I didn't laugh out loud, but I still have an appreciation for it. I'm expressing my appreciation by expressing disdain. Playing along. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Um, maybe shifting gears. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. What is your favorite thing to talk about? I'm sure there are. There's quite a few things that I thoroughly enjoy talking about. Um, mind if I just cough out a couple, or yeah. do you want me to pick one? No, go for it. Give me your top three. Okay. Um, even though this one 
I haven't talked about for quite a while, and I don't feel as knowledgeable as I used to be because I haven't researched it as much as I used to. But uh, I guess social structures, I used to really enjoy discussing. Um, and I'd kind of put, um, not internet memes, but uh, I guess the concept of, I've referred to it as mimetic uh, plague before, mm-hmm. and just the way that uh, ideas can heal and corrupt people, even if that's not their intent. And I've enjoyed examining and discussing those kinds of ideas. Uh, I really enjoy talking about board games. Uh, living, breathing, eating board games. As long as people don't ask me for uh, too much semantic information because I have been exposed to, like on boardgamegeek.com, they have a lot of different terms to define uh, different types of games. And despite how much I enjoy board games, I'm miserable at memorizing a lot of the technical terms. Right. But uh, I'm sure there's... Something else I'm trying to think about, the kinds of things that I discussed with my my mama Sita. She's a very chatty person. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I guess I'd go with pop culture or just uh, common interests or contrasting interests. I enjoy um, exploring not all new ideas, but um, I guess just things that I haven't been exposed to before. I like having at least some exposure to and learning more about other people. Mm-hmm. I think is enjoyable, depending on the person. So close these questions with a, a, a hypothetical. If you could spend a day talking with anyone in your life, and you could have that recorded, you know, so that you could go back and listen to the conversation, who would that person be, and why do you think so? You're a devil. Spend a day talking to anybody. Uh, anybody in your life. I would probably go with my sister. Mm -hmm. Um, This is going to be hopefully only mildly tangential. Uh, But it's kind of strange because when I do actually talk to my my sister Amber, um, our conversations seem to be fairly brief um, compared to uh, where they're at with other family members. And I think it's just because we've known each other for so long. Um, But... I have a lot of appreciation for who she is as a person. I think uh, I mentioned something earlier about how most of the things that I was interested in, I was interested in because she did it first and kind of demonstrated that it was okay. Um, And yeah, I, I don't think I've ever really delved into having a conversation with her as far as I I see the product of who she is, but I don't know what thoughts lead to who she is. Um, And she's kind of been in, uh, a guardian angel in my life in a lot of different ways and I'd be interested to know why and how she impacts other people and um, I guess just getting her uh, thoughts on life in general but um, you know, I hope that this uh, interview has been fine so far but I a lot of the time when I ask other people questions I don't know how I would respond and I'm nervous about uh, having a panicked reaction and I think my sister would probably have the same thing where I, if I had a you know an elaborate question set up that was meant to kind of pry into her mind she would probably just be like oh I don't know no I, I like rice right no yeah and that's and that's fair and and part of the reason I ask is just to kind of give listeners an example of the way that you communicate with people you know I can ask you a question I could ask somebody you know if you could spend a day talking to anybody in your life who would it be and some people would just go, I don't know, 
somebody famous, you know, or this, I met this person once, but you thought about it. You waited a minute until you had formed that thought. Then you articulated it. You know, there was a, a process and I think people can hear that even through audio. So I really want to thank you for watching the store while I was incapacitated. Um, you gave me the time of day when you didn't have to. And I want to thank you for the opportunity to learn how to better tell people what I really mean the first time that I say it. Thank you for the flattery, sir. Right, excellent. That was an amazing interview. I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and I am excited to hear more from Travis. Um, yeah, he uh, he's one of those people that any topic you can pick, he's I mean, he's has an opinion. I mean, I think most people are that way, but as you can tell now, you know, he's not just gonna blurt that out. He'll give you the whole thing behind the, the opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like sure. you, you know. Hey man, what do you think about tacos? Well, when I was seven, um, <laughs> which is, you know, which I think is just beautiful. And the, th yeah. the thing that I, one of my favorite parts of that whole interview is there's like these little moments where you can tell that he and I are friends, right? Like I'll, I'll say like, you know, Oh, I really appreciate that. And then he, he'll pause for a moment. He goes, you know, he says, thanks for the compliment. But there's like this, this tone in his voice where I think you can really tell that he meant it, you know? And yeah, I, it's maybe cheesy to talk about, but we were smiling at each other at, across the table when we we're doing the interview. It was just like, this is really fun, man. Like, <laughs> and it's, it's not something that you do. I mean, especially with your guy friends, you know, sometimes like you're not going to go, Hey, I really appreciate this about you, man. Oh, I appreciate this about you too, man. <laughs> but it was a nice opportunity to do that. And I just, I hope that everybody now understands the love that I have for Travis yeah, and I mean, shares it. Cause he's, he's just such a, a, bright and and warm person i'm well, so happy and, to and have been able to share him the 7-eleven poop story or, or bathroom <laughs> story is just i mean if that's not good friendship i don't know what is I, you know right yeah i mean that guy he that's that's the uh clerk equivalent of ride or die he'd, he'd hold up a line for you <laughs> yeah exactly like hey man i need you to keep these people from purchasing the things they want yeah and he's like no problem yeah it's like he's yeah he's an excellent friend um so i, I had actually just helped him move as well when we oh, did nice. that interview so yeah over the last couple of weeks I've, I've moved a lot of furniture but yeah i he's one of those people that i just you know anytime i get a chance to be around him now because we don't work together anymore wow. but anytime i get a chance to be around him now i'm just very grateful um, and we're still in the same town. It's not like, you know, we're across the country or anything, but right, right. it's, you know, everybody's time right now is limited and the time you do have isn't spent the same way that it normally is. So, so um, true. I was really grateful actually for his suggestion of Indivisible because I, I've ended up playing at least 20, 30 hours of it at this point and I'm really, really loving it. Like nice. that, that hand-drawn aesthetic that he's talking about is beautiful. I agree. I, I, not gonna lie, I didn't watch the whole video, but I watched most of the video. I was at work, so I couldn't really watch the whole thing. But, <laughs> but it looks like a lot of fun. Um, it's something that I have been. It's on my saved list now, so I will pick it up eventually when I'm needing a new game to play. <laughs> um, but for those of you that are wondering what Indivisible is, go to our YouTube channel 
and uh, check it out. There's a nice little video of TMA Plays. Is that what it is? Yeah, TMA Plays. Ah, I love TMA that name. Plays. I love that Invisible. name. Yeah, it kind of rhymes, and it's kind of yeah. And then there's uh, there's also a compilation of some footage from Bloodstained in case you're interested in checking that game out, which mm. is the game that I essentially shoved down Mr. Birch's throat at every <laughs> given opportunity until he played it. And he loved it, so you should try it. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, on that note, if if you do happen to check out the YouTube channel, please like and subscribe and hit the little bell to receive notifications when we upload videos every single week. Um, also, head to any of your social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, uh, it, it pretty much any social media. Find Twist Modern Podcast, like us on there, share with your friends. Um, if you would like to be on the show, go ahead and send us an email, twistmodernpodcast at gmail.com, or just visit us on our website, twistmodernpodcast.com, and leave us a message on our message board, and we will find a way to get you on the show and twist not only our arms, but our listeners' arms into maybe checking something out they might not have checked out before or maybe just twisting their arm into your point of view. No politics, though. No politics. So <laughs> Good disclaimer. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to hear anything about politics. So uh, point of views on that, I don't care about. But um, point of views on anything I do, else, let me know. I do want to hear those, so share those with me, but not on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. You can leave yeah. us a message on the message board, <laughs> but uh, we probably won't talk about it <laughs> on the show. <laughs> um, with that, again, I want to thank Travis for uh, doing the interview, and I hope he comes back sooner rather than later. I would like to pick his brain a little bit as well. Yeah, it was, I mean, I think you can tell I was having a really good time, and yeah. it, he's, like I said, he's one of those people that I feel more people should know about and you know frankly more people should try to be like that in in some ways you know right so I agree. I'm, I'm really glad i had an excellent time and i'm really excited to be back with twist my arm hell yes again we are so excited to have you back um we are gonna do next week we're gonna do a little bit we're gonna steer to the left a little bit and do a meet the crew episode for uh the next couple twist my arms we're gonna meet jesse a little bit more meet evan a little bit more justin and scooter um but in the meantime you guys can look forward to the next movement episode that will be streaming live on facebook next wednesday um but thank you guys for listening uh i really appreciate all of your continued support for this show and i'm so excited to get this uh going the way that um it it was always intended to to kind of go so um thank you guys again so much for for sticking around and uh continuing to support us um this has been the twist my own podcast my name is josh my name is jesse be cool to each other we'll talk to you next week twist my-